0: Leadership is a primary extension of God's first commission for humanity to rule in His image. Because the world had different ideas about how to lead, Jesus came to model what kingdom leadership looks like. So join me, Julie Lefevre, and my team of rotating co-hosts as we seek to encourage and equip kingdom leadership on earth as it is in heaven. Welcome to the Kingdom Leadership Podcast. This is Julie LeFevre, and today, Chuck is with me. Hey. Hey, good morning. I'm
1: here. I'm here. It's been, I feel like I haven't just sat at the church for a while. It's just been going, going, going. You've been
0: moving. We were yeah. just talking about, I was like, man, I feel like I haven't had a conversation with you for about a month.
1: I know. I know. And so it's it's nice. I think God knew we needed just some cloudy skies and a little bit of thunder <laughs> in the background to keep us just centered. And, um you know, yeah, we've been, we've been moving and, and I've, I've had a lot of people say, uh, just a lot of compliments on the sanctuary. And I think it's just such a warm, inviting space. So yeah, anyone so who's different. listening, who's been involved, thank you. A mm. lot of effort from a lot of people.
0: We so um, appreciate you.
1: Yeah. 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 So in many of us, uh, many, many of you are probably, Uh, feeling worn out from the last month of, of all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you just were attending and just all the change. Um, And uh, I was feeling worn out by it all um, for sure. And I think God knew uh, that that Holy Week for me, just uh, it was, was going to be necessary for me to lean in every day and spend some time with him uh, focused Mm on, you know, his last week before his death and resurrection. And that was really sweet for me. Um, But the week started on Monday. I don't know if you guys remember uh, the wind, the (laughs) windy day. It was like, it was crazy windy. Just 50 mile per hour winds. It felt like big gusts of wind. Sasha texts me pictures and says, hey, a bunch of our fence has fallen down. And I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of this crazy week. A lot going on. Mm -hmm. I can't deal with that right now. And so um, I initially wanted to react by getting upset. And then I thought, that's kind of comical. (laughs) <laughs> a little bit <laughs> yeah, and we'll figure it out, uh, yeah. just not today. So Zeke and I put up some green fence that night. Mm-hmm. We came, uh, the weekend got here Saturday. We worked all day as a family and Monday all day as a family. We did take Sunday off from the fence building. Yeah, And, uh, you know, it was, it, it was really enjoyable and fun. It was exhausting, but what I liked the most about it is it, it, um it revealed some things to me about how in stressful <laughs> moments I'm so quick to react. Um mm. even feeling criticized maybe a little bit by my kids or by Sasha as I'm trying to get one thing done but they're needing help over mm. here or um my father-in-law coming on Sunday that was uh, he he had a particular way that I knew he'd want those, the fence to be replaced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I'm feel the feeling pressure. he hadn't even said anything and I'm already right. like ready with my list of responses. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or reactions, I should say, yeah. like I had kind of this self-protectiveness. And then I experienced that same self-protectiveness in, in Zeke. So like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling him how to remove these screws from the old fence and uh, he starts to get frustrated and overwhelmed because he's trying to do what I'm asking him to do, but it's not working. And he kind of gets emotional and bursts in kind of frustrated anger and mm-hmm. emotional anger at me. And and I could then react to that and get defensive, but instead I went, okay, it's okay. And it's just really hard and there's no right or wrong way. Let's just figure it out together. So I stood over him and we... um we took him off together for a little while so he could get the feel right, mm. and uh, um, so it was a moment where I had to show him some grace and even myself some grace because we we have those moments and we start to think about how we are uh, how we had experiences like that with our father that felt either good or bad. And, you know, some were they showed us grace and and it was good, and some were, for me it was like harshness at times. Mm. Uh, where I'm like, oh, I'm not doing this right or up to his. So we get defensive and protective and we start to react instead of respond. And that's,
0: yeah. I think that's what we're
1: talking about today.
0: It is. That's a that's a perfect segue into the conversation that we want to have. And and you even covered our, our experiencing grace piece. So yeah, yeah it's just, they're, they're so tied together. And so today, yeah, we want to have a conversation about just that tendency to react Instead of respond, and I've you know, when I look about, look at the past year, just the way that we all just seem to be walking on pins and needles. It just feels like our emotions are dictating the way that we react. And so today we just want to have a conversation to differentiate the difference between reacting and responding, and then just consider how we can, grow in that uh, if our goal is to be like Jesus we want to take a little bit of time and and consider how he would respond because mm-hmm. it just seems like he never reacted. So let's just jump in and let's just let's just start to kind of define the difference. When we say react, what are we talking about?
1: Yeah, I think for me um it's just really clear that a reaction in a situation It comes from this root of defensiveness Mm. and below that root is a root of shame,
0: Mm.
1: right? So I have a feeling of unworthiness or, uh, and so it's what causes me. So reaction to me, it's protective in nature. Mm. When you react to a statement or even uh, an interaction and you walk away from the interaction and you you feel yourself like getting protective, that's Mm -hmm. when I would say you're reacting instead of responding. Right, it's control. The situation is now controlling you. You have no control over. uh, You've kind of lost control over your emotions at that point.
0: Yeah, so it's almost like that. You know, maybe some of you have seen that illustration. You can't see me. Mm. I'm holding my my hand in a fist, Mm -hmm. and just that moment where you know they talk about when you flip your lid, (laughs) where your emotions just force you to to start operating out of that part of your brain that that's reactive that that's not thinking it's fight. not a thinking it's yeah. the fight or flight or is. is there another yeah. one fight, fight, fight flight or freeze freeze yeah
1: yeah that's Dan Siegel's hand model
0: yeah yeah and so when we operate out of that then we're we're incapable of considering anyone else we're just trying to get mm-hmm. safe right there's something about yes. it that we feel threatened we feel very unsafe right.
1: now I'm not going to go here fully but I do want to say that what What's interesting about the hand model and the amygdala and when things go offline chemically in our Mm -hmm. brain, something has triggered this response. And what I I want us to just recognize is that often it's past pain, Mm. it's past um, experiences with our primary caregivers, uh, with our closest relationships growing up. The, the reactive living we're experiencing now is often tied. It's not just, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Nothing. It's tied to some big wounds mm. often. And so
0: something that we experienced that proved to us that in that situation, we weren't safe. Yes. Somehow, or at least our perception was yeah. that we weren't safe.
1: Yeah, it stops us from being able to just sit with what the other person has just said, um, or what we're experiencing in the moment. It's it stops us from being able to just be be present with that. So we're going to talk about integration in a little while, but it it stops us from being able to accept that there may be this this piece that's kind of not doesn't feel good. We run from that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Instead. Yeah. It's hard to live in a space of wounding. I mean, that's just, yeah. that's hard. And so, but a lot of times we don't, we're, we're almost unconscious to that. We're just thinking about the right now, what's right in front of me and how it feels to me right now.
1: I think most of the time we're unconscious to it. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I totally agree. We've been conscious to, to it in some way in the past year because it's felt so out of our control. So right. much has so felt much out, it's out of our felt. control. Sure. And so uh, whatever roots uh, those things are tied to, the, that lack of control is tied to or that shame piece is tied to in 2020 and even continuing on into 2021, mm-hmm. we are all, what we're seeing in ourselves and others is this reactivity to a deep wound that that is now being like, it's poked. It's yeah. poked. And so w- whether or not, uh, you intend it to many things. You've probably said even in group or to your spouse. Um, you this year it's felt like maybe like you said pins and needles. More sensitive people are more mm-hmm. sensitive to this, to things, to whatever it is. Yeah, it's whatever, whatever, whatever the conversation
0: it is. is. And yeah. you know we live in a world that's constantly trying to poke us. You know I think about even just media and headlines. Uh, Chris and I were having a conversation last night, and he said, "Oh, have you heard the latest controversy?" And I said, "No." I try not to watch the news and uh, he was just saying, well, this, this situation. And I go, oh yeah, I did see a headline and I reacted to the headline and he goes, but wait, here's the rest of the story. And I go, oh, (sighs) and all of a sudden, all of these gaps were filled in. And so I had made the mistake of reacting mm-hmm. to this headline. And and so in some ways, I think we're, we're trained to react right now. Like we're, we're being lured into the habit of reacting. Absolutely. And, and what, what it's doing is it it's even keeping us from just even being curious about the rest of the story is what i've noticed because when i heard the rest of the details it totally changed my response yeah. then i was able to respond a little bit more
1: isn't that interesting and i think it just you know it continues to show us how uh we we kind of we are drawn towards the things that we we want to be drawn towards in terms of media i mean mm-hmm. i i just think that's a that's something that i've seen is that if if people get reactive over certain things or if they feel passionately about something, then they're going to find the media source or the news source that's going to yeah. say those things they want to hear? Dave, um, sure. we've all talked, we've about, talked that. about that. Yeah. Um, and I think for me personally, it's why it's so good for me to sit across from the table, across the table from people who are different than me. Mm. Um, I, I love putting myself in situations where I don't. I don't have the same backstory as the person um, that I'm with. At least we should be doing that on some level. So when someone comes into our group that feels hard for us to lead, those are the people I think probably we should be leaning in towards more Mm. because that means that maybe they have something to offer us that we don't just Mm. pursue on our own.
0: Sure. Uh, Sure.
1: But it feels sensitive.
0: Yeah, it feels really hard. And I think that kind of leads to my next question is, what, what do our reactions reveal about us? You know, you, you've kind of talked about, you know, there's probably a wound, but then what has that done to us? Like what, yeah. what does our emotional reaction tell us about where we are right now?
1: So in recovery, I have been personally working on identifying some of the negative core beliefs about mm. myself that I have. Sure. And I'm more prone to react if I feel like something you've said touches one of my wounds that says you're unlovable, mm. right? Like you, yeah. you're not worthy of love. So that core belief about myself is rooted in some past experiences, right? That were reality
0: that confirmed that perception yeah. that you weren't loved,
1: right? And so, what do you? What do I have to do? In so I said in recovery, but what do I have mm-hmm. to do on a regular basis in order to not, in order to rewrite that story, as Dave has said in the past, or to not, uh, or or instead of the negative belief to, to really believe that God says something different about who I am.
0: There, it's such a it's such a process. We talk a lot about process. But, yeah, I think it really does help us to identify, you know, our reactions really can be great signposts for understanding, oh, there's probably a reason why it's probably not about that news article. There's (sighs) probably something um, that's a little bit deeper that's threatening me. And so it, it really does kind of help us to even it invites us into this Mm. process of evaluating. I wonder why and what message am I believing about myself that's hurting me? And I think, I think you're right. I think most of the time our our strongest reactions are pointing to some threat to our identity message to, am I valued? Am I loved? Am I accepted? Um, and and those we've talked in the past those are our core needs i mean that's yeah. who god created us to be is to be loved and accepted and so when we aren't sure of that or if that's in question then it's going to cause us to react
1: mm-hmm. so so i think of uh, of i'm leading group and okay who who do you think i feel most attacked by or most, um, you you said a word a minute ago that I really resonated with, and I forget. But mm. most easily wounded by when I'm leading. Who do you think that is?
0: When you're leading, yeah, uh, myself. Oh yeah, that's so good. Yeah. I'm
1: so critical of myself, mm. and so I'm. I'll say something, and then I'll think that was the dumbest thing you've ever said. Yeah, and then
0: leaders, have you ever thought that? <laughs> I, I
1: I really I really it's true, and then so. I can know the other people in group or my wife or a person in a conversation. Yeah. They don't have to say anything in response to make me get defensive. Like I create that in myself, especially if I've earlier that day failed at something Mm. or made a choice that I regretted Mm. or hurt someone and feel ashamed by that. Mm. And so I think that it has to start with the way we slow down and let christ love us like if if we haven't taken the time well let me just say it this way on the days where i take the time to sit with and receive grace and mercy and compassion and love from christ then i am much more likely to continue and offer that to myself and even to expect that the person I'm sitting with wants the best for me mm. instead of walking around and this. I feel like you can enter a room and just know it. Everyone's on the defensive. Yeah, We're all having conversations and, you know, it's like I'm just constantly protecting myself from the other person. And that's so sad to me.
0: It is sad. (laughs) Really sad. And it makes sense then why a sideways glance or something less than straight out affirmation can be received as affirmation of that negative message. Mm -hmm. If you're already saying, I'm terrible at this. I just screwed up. I said the wrong thing. I bet they hate this. Then anything less than, you're amazing. (laughs) You know, anything that's not that is going to feel like a. Um, yeah, just an affirmation of your negative message. So I think you're right. There's so much work that that needs to be done receiving truth, but yeah. it just takes so much work because we've many of us have had 30, 40, 50 years yeah. of reinforcing that negative message. Yeah.
1: In, and when we're in relationship with people for long periods of time. now we have history. So Sasha and I are working on the fence. Mm. And I just remember her, I don't even remember what it was about, but I remember her stopping at one point and saying, are we for each other right now? Like, (laughs) please clarify. Cause I feel like we're both getting defensive Mm. and I need to know that we're together in Mm. this. Like it was just, and it caused, it kind of took my breath away. And I thought, yes, of course, of course we are. Yeah. And, uh, but it's i so easily get in my own head and heart about my brokenness and then i get uh reactive
0: <laughs> yeah we start to read other people's reactions sometimes yeah as Negative. So then we have to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. and then they're receiving a negative message back. And yeah. so instead of being foreign, or instead of communicating in a way that's foreign with, mm-hmm. we actually start communicating the opposite.
1: This has been so good for me to be able to sit with people in counseling mm. who are maybe getting defensive. Sure. As I'm pushing some buttons or you know. Yeah. Um because
0: it's your job kind of to expose the wound, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And then I get to when the wound is exposed and they're getting defensive, then I get to practice not taking it personally
0: Mm. for one.
1: And seeing it for what it is, which is that they're hurt. Yeah. And whatever interaction we're having right there, it's it's hard. And that's okay like mm-hmm. now now that it's the doors open to that room or to the you know that part of them then then I now have an opportunity to be Christ to them in that space mm-hmm. and say that doesn't define you. I still care for you, mm-hmm. you still have value, and this is really hard, and we're gonna it's not overwhelming for me. It's not too much for me, and I think that's something we get to do in small ways a group all the time, and yeah. so um. I just, I just, that's, that's one of the things that I enjoy about that process though, where sure. I get to go, Hey, I'm just, I don't have to, this is about you and I'm not going to receive anything you're saying critically. Or if I am, maybe then let me get curious about it Yeah. instead of defensive. Is that a word you say? I think you talk about curiosity. Yeah. Okay. I,
0: you know, it's, it's one of the things that I have recognized about myself that when I'm reacting, I'm assuming that I know all I need to know. You know, even in that news article, I assumed everything I needed to know and could react. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the ways that we can really grow to be able to respond is to be secure enough really Mm -hmm. is kind of where it starts to be okay that I can be curious and think, I wonder why we've said this before, but just to be able to ask the question, I wonder why he said that. I wonder why she said that instead of jumping to, uh, what exactly, instead of jumping to this emotional response of what they said, just trying to get to the heart of, I wonder why. I think is really helpful. You
1: know, we've added that as one of our, our open share guidelines in recovery.
0: Oh, yeah, really? Um,
1: it's instead of getting defensive, like so when you feel defensive, mm. defenses rising as, other, as someone else is sharing, start to get curious. Mm. Ask yourself what led them, what experiences might they have had mm. that has led them to this space? To
0: this space. And
1: what does my re- reaction to what they said Teach me about myself. Mm. I think that is such a good posture to so take. So
0: good. So good. Because what if, yeah, what if you're in an interaction with somebody and it's starting to get heated?
1: No, what no when? Or when, when we are. yeah, not not yet. <laughs> <if.
0: will> <laughs> when we're in those those interactions, it starts to get heated. And then what if we just start asking questions of okay, I hear a lot of passion in your voice with that. Tell me more about that and for that to be okay. Yeah. changing. So
1: I feel like there's all these, these verses that support this kind of attitude being the attitude that Christ, you mm-hmm. know, showed, uh, showed, shown, showed us. Showed. Yeah. Yeah. She's the, uh, vocab person, <laughs> grammar, and well. I'm not, um, Remember that time where you taught us a little bit about grammar? Uh, maybe it was in writing or we were writing sentence yes, structure. This sentence is stuff structure. that I should have learned in like fourth <laughs> grade, right? Uh, or sooner. Anyways, I'm also married to a speech pathologist, so I get corrected plenty on this stuff. <laughs> um, but I've learned to yeah. not be defensive about it and it's okay.
0: It is okay because improving and that doesn't change your value as, no, as a person. Doesn't.
1: No, it doesn't at all. And actually sometimes I'm like, yeah, you sounded really smart when you said that, but let's just dumb it down for me a little bit. <laughs> like sometimes we need the other. So you've got a couple of passages here that we, we talked about or have thought about specifically, maybe even as we looked at, uh, the gentle, the book yeah. that we read and just passages that came out of the different pieces of having a gentle answer. But one, of one that you've got here that just immediately, I think Christ says, Um, Or we are told in your relationships with one another have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, didn't consider equality with him something to be grasped or be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And so, and becoming obedient eventually, you know, to death, even death on a cross. What if we were able to posture ourselves when when being in relationship with the people we're leading uh, or working on staff with yeah, or, you know, leading in a, working next to on a stage project. What if yeah. we were able to not uh, set a quality aside? So like, I don't, we don't have to be equal. Not only that, I'm going to, I'm going to lower myself. I'm going to take this posture of a servant and not use our Interaction to my own advantage, even mm. consider you worth more than myself in some ways. I love those that posture that Christ took.
0: I do love that, and that basically leads us into you know we always try and and touch on becoming like Jesus, and yeah, you said it the uh, passage is that Philippians yeah, two, that Philippians yeah, two
1: five through
0: eight, right? To have the mi- same mindset as Christ Jesus, just do it. And wouldn't it be great if we could just just say, okay, I'm going to just have the same thing, the same mindset as Jesus. I'm just going to decide yeah. to do it, and and yet that's just not how it works. Like it's not quite that easy. No. So I do want to take a little bit of time. I think it's so good. This is a, such a great starting point that that this this kind of lays out the framework. This is how we can do it. We can not consider equality with God something to be used to our own advantage. We can make ourselves nothing. We can take the very nature of a servant. We can uh, we can humble ourselves by becoming obedient to death, not on a cross physically, probably for us, sure. but we will all bear a cross. So this, this tells us the, what we can do. And I would just like to take a little bit of time and talk about how, yeah. you know, how do we take steps to be able to grow to a place where we can do it because we can manage our behavior for a little bit, but eventually it is going to catch up with us. And, mm-hmm. and we're just, it's not going to be sustainable but I do think we can engage this process of transformation and become uh, more like Jesus. Yeah. And so what are some, what, where does that start? What Where does it start with being able to uh, become so that we can have the same mindset as Christ Jesus?
1: Well, I mean, I th- almost full circle, I think we talked about at the beginning, but just that slowdown. Being with Christ, receiving it for ourselves has to start with ourselves. That's why. Because you
0: cannot pour out what you have not received. You can't give it if you haven't
1: received it. You're incapable. Yeah. Right. And even then, once you've received it, it still takes a lot of work to be able to offer it. And don't you
0: think sometimes we feel like we can receive it once and that's good? But I just think about, you know, even Jesus didn't just meet with God once in his mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. earthly ministry he was constantly getting away to yeah. be with his father yeah. and you know i and then there's also the example of you know even the israelites in the desert and they had to go out every day and gather their manna get what they needed for the yeah. day and it, it's what we have to do every day we've got to go get our bread jesus is our bread of life yeah. and yeah.
1: Living independence on him and not needing something, some promise for a future. <laughs> right. And that 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 right. comes into play when we think about being able to accept the good and bad in ourselves and mm-hmm. in others. And so once again, that's just kind of this self-focus where I think every day it's healthy for me to sit in my brokenness a little bit. Mm. I don't wallow in it. I'm not, and I've had plenty of brokenness. I mean, sure, I, I'd love to share my story with any of you if you're ever interested, but.
0: Well, and the reason you sit in it is to let Jesus cover it. Yes. It's not to sit and wallow. Yeah. It's to sit and turn it over. Because
1: when I've done that, then I can sit with someone who's broken and I'm not holding any of that against them
0: it's okay. because it
1: hasn't been held against me. Yeah. Yeah so then I can be Christ to them. Mm. Um, I can offer a gentle answer in, in those moments. I can be patient and calm. Yeah. Um, the fruits of the Spirit, that's where, that's where it comes into play. So if mm. I've received them, then I can give them.
0: Well, and I think that being able to do that helps us to then have the freedom to get curious when we're faced with a strong reaction. Yeah, The reality is we live in a world that's broken and people are going to react. And so the more we have sat with Jesus, the more secure we are, the more rooted in his love yeah. we are, the better we'll be able to, in a sense, do what you were talking about when you're in a counseling session and in a sense, absorb or be able to sit in the reaction without having to match it. Yeah. You know, I think what we've noticed around here lately is that we're, and we've talked about this in past podcasts, we're, we're being pulled to two extremes of living and, and people are, are living in a space and, and, maybe we'll even call it a a two bucket system. Mm. <laughs> Dave kind of introduced this idea of of having living in a two bucket world where you only have categories for two types of people. And really it's you have good people and you have bad people or you have good systems and bad systems. And of course, you assume that the system that you ascribe to, the values that you ascribe to are the good ones. So if you hear something that doesn't fit into your set of values or systems or beliefs or whatever, then we assume that they must be in the other bucket, which is way across on the, on the continuum and that that's the bad bucket. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier to react with emotion or something because it's, it feels unsafe. It feels threatening but really that's a very unintegrated approach because we're saying that there's either black or there's white there's either good or there's bad yeah and our world is just a world of gray now i'm yeah. not saying that there aren't things that are true or not true but i am saying that there are there are we need to have more buckets but jesus, there are middle
1: jesus said there's more buckets jesus I said mean, there's was, more buckets and he literally came to say to the Pharisees, you're all living in one bucket, and there's yeah. this whole other. You know, it's just not as clear. Um, this it's, is one of my yeah. favorite scenes from The Chosen. He's speaking mm. to the children in episode three, yeah. season one, and he's saying, "You guys, I hope that those I'm about to teach get it mm, like you as do. well as you do." <laughs> but they've got stuff that's going to keep they they're they're already stuck in a bucket is what he's saying. Yeah. They're living here and anything else is un not understandable by them and so it feels hard and they get defensive and they react. Yeah. And that's what we they see react. Jesus interacting with people mm-hmm. reacting all the
0: time. All the time. And we want to be a people who are like Jesus in the sense that he can even move toward the people and ideas that might even be threatening, not moving toward for the purpose of accepting the idea, but moving toward with the idea of I'm going to show that I accept Mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. as fellow image bearers of the living God. And I'm going to show love and, and I'm going to let you know, I'm going to speak to your identity need that you have value and that you're cherished, that you're chosen, that you are a beloved child of God.
1: I think we're all gonna have someone in our group that we just recognize as a little harder for us to sit with.
0: Yeah, that maybe instigates the reaction in us. Maybe. Yeah,
1: okay. there you go. Because who cares what the category is or what the what the um, topic is? But when they speak or when they yeah. We interact. We we immediately, it instigates the, I like that. So we get defensive and that um, reactionary person comes out of us, that part of us. Now, my challenge to us all is that those are the people we probably need to sit with the most.
0: Mm. We
1: tend to sit with the guy we like the most or the guy (laughs) we like the most, right? Like that's who we spend time with.
0: We do. It's much easier.
1: It's much easier and it's enjoyable. And and honestly, we should be spending a lot of time with the people who fill us up. Yeah. We must. We must. And at the same time, we must learn to be as Jesus and sit across the table from tax collectors and prostitutes.
0: And even the Pharisees. He had Pharisees. dinner with them all the time. Yeah. He didn't avoid right. the religious leaders. Right.
1: He had conversations. Yeah. And I would I would hesitate. I wouldn't hesitate to say that he never reacted to yeah. anything that they and they were obviously poking at every corner. It was trying sure. to trap him, question everything. Yeah. He responded. Yeah. And he responded in love and truth yeah. and grace.
0: Mm-hmm. And when we say that, we don't even say that there wasn't some emotion in his response because there obviously was, but he did it with a sense of he was working to control. He wasn't necessarily working to control them. And so often we're trying to control people outside of us, our circumstances, our culture, et cetera. But, you know, that's just, that's impossible.
1: I think reactive living fools us into thinking we're in control. Yeah. Like that's our, that's (laughs) how we're going to keep composure and control is by reacting. Yeah. And responding is vulnerable. Yeah. It's really vulnerable.
0: It is vulnerable. So,
1: I mean, that's my challenge is, you know, how are you leaning into the person who feels very vulnerable for you in your group life? And if you don't have any of those people, You know, are you putting yourselves in situations where you can, you know, where you find yourself across the table from them and you're, and you're practicing that kind of humility, that selfless, making yourself nothing, um, that, that Jesus did so well, Mm. perfectly that he did perfectly.
0: It just brings me to Colossians 3, 12 through 14. And so I just want to leave us with Paul's uh, instruction, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So because we are chosen, we are holy and dearly loved. We can clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We can bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Yeah. Thanks everyone for joining us. We hope that this conversation just spurred you to be aware of when you may be reacting instead of responding out of love. We hope that you will join us again next time. And we just pray that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.